Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm uh, Micah. And I'm Laura. Another year gone. This is uh, our final episode of the year. Kind of bittersweet. I was going to say, when is the last time we've done two MuggleCasts in a calendar week? I know, I yes. Know. We recorded The Secrets of Dumbledore It feels like only yesterday that... We got together. <laughs> and a quizage. So technically wow. it's three. It's been a busy, been a busy month for MuggleCast. Yeah. And on today's episode, we're going to talk more about the trailer. We're also going to talk about the upcoming reunion special and our plans for uh, reacting to that. And then we will also look back at the year that was and we'll look at the year ahead. Before we jump in today, we wanted to acknowledge that the series author recently shared some thoughts online, which continue to promote her anti-trans rhetoric. We here at MuggleCast continue to be disappointed and disenfranchised by J.K. Rowling's insistence at fear-mongering to scapegoat vulnerable minorities. We also want to reaffirm our commitment to keeping MuggleCast and the Harry Potter fandom a supportive and inclusive space for everyone everyone. Yeah, we strongly believe that even though we've discussed this before, it is important that we keep reminding the audience the dangers of what J.K. Rowling is sharing. So that's why we're bringing it up today. And that's why we will continue to bring it up for as long as J.K. Rowling continues to share these dangerous thoughts. So changing gears, we are going to have fun for the rest of the show today. And we wanted to start today's episode by discussing this upcoming 20th anniversary reunion special. So, of course, we mentioned it uh, from time to time, and it's going to be airing on New Year's Day on HBO Max, and a lot of the Harry Potter movie cast is going to be there. But you know what's interesting? It seems to be a little drama and maybe uh, related to what we just what Laura was just talking about. Um, so HBO Max had tweeted on Tuesday that there would be a trailer for this reunion on Wednesday. And we thought, oh, perfect. We'll be able to talk about it on our final episode of the year. Well, Wednesday came and went. We did get a poster, but we got no trailer. We're recording on Thursday. There's still no trailer. Mm. And it's very odd because that tweet from HBO Max is still up saying that there was going to be a trailer yesterday. (laughs) So I'm thinking now maybe they didn't release the trailer yesterday because there's a lot of heat on JK Rowling right now. And maybe they don't want to, I don't know, get the critics aggravated that there's this new reunion special. Maybe only wizards can see the trailer for the reunion and we just don't cut it because we don't have the, you know, wizards can only see Hogwarts. Maybe. Well, like Jacob, I have a fake one that I, you know, fling around. (laughs) I'm just glad they're not blaming an intern for an (laughs) accidental tweet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Warner Brothers runs on Amazon Web Services and they had an outage and they couldn't upload it. So we were hoping to talk th- talk about that trailer today. Unfortunately, we can't. Maybe it'll be out by the time this episode is out. We genuinely don't know. But there's some other kind of drama. I hate to hate on the reunion special because I am looking forward to it. I think we all are. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very big deal. But there's been these murmurs that Rupert and or Dan weren't actually at Leavesden Studios for the reunion special. Now, if you've seen a photo that we posted on our Instagram and our other social media channels, you've uh, seen that the trio look like they are together in one room. It looks like it's the Gryffindor common room. However, we have heard that maybe Rupert or Dan actually recorded this from somewhere else. And this is kind of like a glorified Zoom call where it looks like he's there, but he's actually not. And I mentioned this in our I mentioned this in our Slug Club hangout on Patreon the other night. 
there's actually technology that really makes this possible. And uh, one show that's done this throughout the pandemic is the Drew Barrymore show that airs here in the US. And she has a guest, quote unquote, in studio. And it looks like they're in studio, but they're actually not. So I'm a little disappointed if this is true. I really hope it's not true. Because what's so exciting about a reunion is they're all together again. When they hug, they mean it. Hug. Kiss, stare into each other's beautiful, rich eyes. That's what we do when we all get together. Yes. Yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah, but, uh, you know, post-COVID, <laughs> social distance, everybody. Post-COVID, yeah. Eric's not touching us anymore. Not touching you. <laughs> well, actually, I, no, I, Andrew, I got to the bottom of it. They're actually going to be using a tennis ball on a stick uh, to stand in for Rupert and Dan on the days when they couldn't make it in as a throwback oh, to... The twenty-year-old special effect trick: how they did Dobby. I was going to uh, say, isn't that how? That's they, how they uh, did Dobby. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, made Dobby. It got me really scrutinizing the picture of the three of them allegedly in the common room together, and I started looking at how they're looking at each other, particularly Dan and Rupert. They seem like they're looking at each other, but with the context of this possibility. It kind of looks like their um, eyesight, like their gazes don't match. Like Dan's looking at Rupert, but he's not quite making eye contact. I'm pretty bad so. at eye contact too, Laura, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? He's I blame podcasting. Awkward. Because for the longest time, before we did video on MuggleCast, I was basically just staring at a wall. We were doing our episodes. You guys were in my head, in my ears, but I had nowhere to look. And so mm-hmm. I think that's actually trickled over to just poor eye contact in general when talking with people in the real world. That's true, but these are people who work together in person for, you know, well over a decade, and they've certainly seen each other in person since then. So I'm a a little dubious. Part of the disappointment, though, I think, going back to what Andrew said, would be that they've had so much time to plan this reunion. It's not like the 20th anniversary of Philosopher's Stone just popped out of nowhere. And they've clearly done a really good job getting a number of the cast members back to celebrate. And it's going to be weird if it's just the trio sitting in that room and none of those members interact with any of the other cast members. Yeah, right. So I assume like I I feel like Emma Watson is actually there and presumably some of the other cast members did, uh, you know, go to Leafs and Studios for this. Um, So maybe they will interact. I still have high hopes for this. I'm not like it's not completely ruining it for me, but it's going to be a little strange and a tad disappointing. I saw I watched the Friends reunion on HBO Max earlier this year. I don't even watch Friends, but I watched it because there was so much excitement around it. And it was really good. It was really great seeing that original six come together again on the original sets. They were all crying and hugging. And this was during COVID, by the way. So I'm just wondering, Are you like, sure why they were all there, Andrew? Yes, <laughs> yes, they were. They were all there. They didn't do the Drew Barrymore trick where they no, Skype no. somebody in. I'm just wondering, like, why not wait to actually be able to get everybody together? And my only theory there is maybe they wanted to get this out before Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore, you know, kind of capture the old school Harry Potter fans and then remind them maybe during this reunion special, hey, got a new movie coming out and there's a lot of Hogwarts in it. Have you seen that trailer? Mm-hmm. I also heard that um, well, my mom told me that Ray Fiennes was recently on The View and he was talking about during one of the sessions, how he really wants to come back to play the role of Voldemort again. Okay, Chris Columbus's Cursed Child movie is a go. 
It's greenlit. They're going to announce that. Maybe that's the trailer that we're getting. It's not going to be for the reunion special. It's going to be for Cursed Child. Uh-huh. Now, is Ray Fiennes down for the reunion? I don't know. Was he on I the list? Seeing, I remember seeing Helena and Gary Oldman. He was busy appearing on The View. I don't think he was on that list, but I bet they'll have a lot of people record a quick video message with their phone and send it in and they'll appear mm. that way. No, I, I just think it's interesting that the villain of the series would openly say that he'd be willing to come back to reprise that role. I mean, they all say that. Anytime an actor's, well, the trio will never say that. Not the trio won't. Yeah, okay, the yeah. trio will never. But, <laughs> but it's nice to hear any actor say that, that they would come back to a beloved, like a role that they are either known for or beloved in, um, because it shows they had a nice time making it. And that warms my heart. So- We do have a little news. Normally, we take off two weeks this time of year to celebrate uh, the holidays and and New Year's and just to take a well-earned break after another year of podcasting. But this year, because the reunion special is coming out on New Year's Day, we are going to record our next episode on January 2nd. And maybe we'll have the episode out that day. If not, it'll be out the next day. We will be streaming live on our Patreon on January 2nd. So if you want to get our reactions as soon as possible, join us on Patreon and we'll be reviewing the reunion special unless they delay that too. No, they won't delay that. And uh, it'll be a fun time. I think we're all really looking forward to discussing it and uh, admiring the special effects work to make Dan and Rupert appear <laughs> to look like they're in the Even if they room. hug, I'm not going to believe it. I bought into the conspiracy now. Fake hug, fake stunt tears. double, stunt double. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, the big question I kind of want answered from the trailer that we didn't get is whether or not there's actually a host to this. Like, what's the format of this going to be? I was really looking forward to that Ooh. answer. What if Ray Fines is the host? That would be great. And he does it in character, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> He's just doing the Voldemort laugh the whole time and that Voldemort <laughs> grin. Well done, Draco. <laughs> yeah. well, and he hugs, he hugs Tom, Tom Felton again. He hugs oh, all that of them. would be epic. Everybody shows epic. up to get their Voldemort hug as part of the whole reunion. <laughs> oh, that's that's genius. This is why they got to bring us into the creative team. We yeah, can give we them great ideas the, like that. The writer staff. Everybody would eat mm-hmm. that up. I'm telling you, I, I would still be interested in a Jude Law, Michael Gambon sit down. I know that Jude Law is technically not part of the initial eight movies, but still. Gambon got in the trailer. Maybe part of the deal was that Jude Law comes and does the. Uh, yeah, maybe. Reunion. Maybe. Maybe. The other thing, though, too, I know we talked about this during the Slug Club is how long is this reunion going to be? Yeah, we don't know. Anything other than anything under the 90 minutes will be disappointing. Just going to go out and say that. Agreed. And I would prefer it be 90 to 120. I agree with that. And you want bloopers too, right, Eric? You were oh, I was saying, you know, as far as reunions go, what I really want out of this, because Chris Columbus is an active part, I think that's how he how we found out this was even happening is either Chris Columbus said it would happen or something. But because he's going to be a big part of it, and they're probably going to analyze his contributions to the Wizarding World and getting it off the ground... I want to see more of the outtakes and all of like basically the child wrangling uh, that he clearly did to get the right shot. They shot so many takes. And he said in interviews recently things about like how many takes and how many outtakes and things. So I do want the aforementioned blooper reel that has been promised to me. It's on MuggleCast back in 2011. David Yates 
said that bloopers were coming, that the footage is there. It's awesome and it's coming. And there's still not have been any bloopers from when the kids were kids having fun on a set at Leavesden. And I that's what I want to see most out of this special. You can't trust David Yates. I can Thought imagine, I, could... I can see them throwing in a couple of bloopers like in between segments to kind of break up the different segments that they're yeah. shooting. That, I think that would be a perfect way to integrate them, but I wouldn't expect like a full blown blooper reel. Yeah. So also uh, just one last thing. I found it interesting that the poster was all the younger cast. Obviously they're older now, but they didn't feature any of the adult actors from the series. Micah, 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 the kids get the likes. The kids get the nah, likes. Gary you know Oldman is, is doesn't get the likes. If they included the adults, they would have needed to do even more airbrushing than they already did. And they couldn't do <laughs> that's, the, no, it's, it's, that's not an ageist joke. It's it's because the existing poster looks very heavily airbrushed on even the kids. So yeah, that's the that's joke. a good that's, that's a good true. point. I think the kid, it's just more appealing to see all the kids. That's who we all fell in love with when we were younger. I mean, I know we like the adult actors, but I mean, speak for yourself. I'm <laughs> really into <laughs> I would say those uh, younger actors, though, are fairly active still in the Potter community, with the exception of Dan, Emma, and Rupert. If you look at sort of the, the background, you know, the Phelps twins, Ivana, Matt Lewis, Tom Felton. Yeah. They're all still fairly active. All right. So again, our next episode coming in only about a week and a half's time. We will be recording it January 2nd, the day after the reunion special airs on HBO Max. And then it'll be out later that day on January 2nd or on January 3rd. You can join us live at patreon.com slash mugglecast on January 2nd. Of course, we'll want to hear what everybody else thought, too, and we'll integrate your feedback. So we also wanted to talk a little bit about the Secrets of Dumbledore trailer further because our last episode when we recorded it, it was literally 10 minutes after we saw the trailer. <laughs> so now we've had a little more time to sit with it and get more reactions. I found some timestamps for you, Andrew. Oh. oh, thank goodness. You learned. You learned. I put in my timestamps this time as well. I wanted to show you how it's done. <laughs> but do we want to start with the Jacob stuff again? Because... We got a lot of feedback. Yeah. It was primarily Jacob stuff. I just want to say at the top, and then I want to hear what you all think. I've evolved on this wand. I don't think that Jacob is a wizard. I think that this wand, at best, can do some basic magic. This is the wand that Dumbledore gave him. It can do some basic magic, or it doesn't do anything. And one clue I thought we got in that trailer is that when there is that action sequence with Jacob, he's holding the wand with two hands. You never see that with a real wizard. I, I don't think he's holding on for dear life. I know that's the wizard equivalent of holding a gun sideways. It's just cooler that way. If you do it with two hands, it's like extra yeah. spell. It's very amateur by design. And I think it's proof that that wand doesn't really do much. And he doesn't feel like a wizard himself. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that that scene was a misdirect in the trailer because I'm betting that Queenie is probably the one doing magic. And Jacob is just kind of holding on to his wand, not entirely sure what to do or what's going on around him. Do you think that Dumbledore was like, yeah, I gave you a, a stick so you can blend in? <laughs> you know, you're going to be traveling with a bunch oh. of wizards. You might as well at least blend mm -hmm. in. Um, that's that's true. That's an yeah, interesting. I, I said this in the reaction episode. What if it's like a Fisher Price wand? Like, remember when we were kids and you would get like a Fisher Price like car to drive the little bus or like yeah. um you know cooking instruments and stuff like Kitchenette. that, that were all yeah toys. some of my best yeah. meals i ever made were on fisher price equipment 
and they were all in yeah i like that analogy something that also struck me about his actual wines at the end when he's sitting in the great hall he does have a sense of pride but i think it's kind of like comedic pride like he's acting like the wand is a big deal when really it's not a big deal at all like and why he's bragging he's bragging about it to kids who got their wands when they were 11 and they're asking to see the wands why are they asking to see the wands they have wands (laughs) you know well it could also be that because there's been nothing to rule this out as a possibility in this world maybe it's some kind of special wand that dumbledore makes jacob that can do a very limited number of magical things in order to keep him safe Mm -hmm. so that's a possibility too but i also kind of feel like after seeing jacob getting a wand and and this is my hot take here that i don't think people appreciate um because i've voiced it before and it's been met with um some surprise (laughs) and like uh a scandalous like sort of vibe i think there's zero chance that jacob survives this series i know this is something we've talked about before but i think giving him a wand whether it's fake or not marks him especially since the whole conflict right now as Grindelwald says our war with the muggles begins now and he's like oh my ex-boyf gave a muggle a wand screw that guy I'm gonna kill him (laughs) and I think (laughs) that he and Queenie will reconcile long enough for her to become pregnant so it explains the Kowalski descendants but I think he's gonna die I think he's marked Mm, I don't know we not to meet it with the exact derision that you said has been met That's with fine. in the past. No, we thought Hagrid was going to get it in book seven and he never did. He has a mangled half wand and is kind of a fan favorite and he's the heart of the audience and this, that, the, he survived. So I'm, I'm rooting for Jacob. I'm not saying there was anything wrong with what you said. In my heart, I hope that Jacob survives. I mean, I hope yeah. so too. But all I'm saying is if this is something Dumbledore can do for non-magical people or people who struggle to perform magical feats, think like Filch, Arabella Fig. Well, he never gave Hagrid, Filch a for wand. Example. Why did he never give Filch a wand? And, wand? Right. and Filch kept his school clean. Yes, exactly. 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 So it's either it's a fake wand that doesn't do anything or it's some kind of, you know, like dialed down Fisher Price one that can do a couple of things. It marks Jacob for death and Dumbledore realizes, oh, that's actually a terrible idea. And he never gives anyone one again. Oh, I see. Like, Jacob from is his the mistakes. cautionary tale. Interesting. Uh, we, we did have uh, an email from one of our listeners, coincidentally named Jacob. Uh, and I actually like this idea. He said that perhaps it is um, along the lines of what Dumbledore does with his will in Deathly Hallows, where he gives Ron the Deluminator, knowing that it will work for him in a moment of need. So I'm inclined to believe that it's something similar to that, where the wand will work for Jacob when he most needs it to. Okay. Oh, so he's got to be like worthy for it. It's like the sort of Gryffindor. Yeah, but he's like not worthy. The, I like all these ideas. My issue is based on what we know, the way that wands work. Um, I know things change in book seven, but like wands are meant to hone existing magical ability. They help you focus. They they're a direct and narrow funnel for your existing 
magical talent. A muggle wielding a wand wouldn't do anything because the wand, there's no magic to focus, to channel into the wand and through the wand. And so I really just don't think the world works in a way that a muggle could wave a wand and have it do anything. And I think there've been ancient interviews where that sort of question has been asked before and not saying mm. there couldn't be a contradiction there. McGonagall is in these movies, ladies and gentlemen, but still, you know, it, it's a bit of a stretch for me. And going back to the whole idea that Jacob will die in these films, I just think that's too easy because he is the defenseless one, because he doesn't really have proper protection, this wand aside, I just think it's so easy that it's just not going to happen. What we need to prevent is we need to prevent Jacob from being any kind of mentor figure to Newt, because all the mentor figures in Harry Potter, well, Sansagrid died. Sirius gets it. (laughs) Lupin gets it. Dumbledore gets yeah. it. As long as Jacob's not mentoring anybody, as long as with the children with the wand in the Great Hall, he doesn't mentor them, we're going to be okay. I think Jacob's safe. A couple other things. We'll see. I noticed at the 56 second mark, there is a Niffler on the bar on the train. And I just wanted to mention that oh, because yeah. the first couple times I watched, I didn't see any Niffler. And I was like, where are all the Nifflers? They they were such a big deal in the first two movies. There is a Niffler there. Phew. That train is a party. It looks like yeah, it. That's, yeah, a whole that's bar. not the Hogwarts Express, is it? No, no, no. Uh, at 119, here's something you really can't see unless you enhance the image. When Dumbledore is examining the blood pact, in the background, you can actually see the portrait of Ariana that we see in the Harry Potter movies. And this is uh-huh. in uh, this is when he's talking with Aberforth, I think. You do need to brighten the image to see it. You really cannot see it, but it is there. I brightened the image myself to check it out. I don't know if that's like a huge deal, but it could confirm that we're going to be hearing more about Ariana in this movie. Isn't that like further trauma? Didn't he do enough to her in real life? Now he's doing blood packed examinations in front of her portrait. (laughs) Mm. Well, you know, the portrait's just a shell of the person, right? So yeah, well, Dumbledore relies on feedback from his portrait friends. Uh, true maybe he maybe he's a good relationship with ariana's portrait actually to be clear dumbledore's back is to the portrait i'm not saying he's like holding the blood pact in front of ariana's face look this is why you died little sis (laughs) yeah he's just talking with aberforth i guess something else that a lot of people noticed i think uh uh cat from mugglenet did a side-by-side in the Fantastic Beast 1 trailer, it says, J.K. Rowling invites you. And in the Fantastic Beast 3 trailer, it just says, WB invites you. I don't even have to explain all that. But I, I think it's interesting that they think that like WB invites you as some sort of selling point. Like, wow, a massive conglomerate is inviting me to see the movie. I've got to go. Not like, after what? watching as many DC movies as I sat through. Does that ever interest <laughs> me at all? I forget who on this panel suggested that it should have said something like Hogwarts invites you. Might have been a slug club I feel member. like somebody suggested that. Yeah. Or it might have been someone in the slug club. Oh, actually, Chloe. Chloe's Chloe. our social media she's, manager. She's claiming that right now. All credit to Chloe. Um, I think that would be amazing because it looks like we're going to see a crap ton of Hogwarts in this movie. So it makes sense. It was one thing in the first film when it was all about returning to the wizarding mm-hmm. world. 
I don't think you need it anymore. That's a fair point. Well, they do because box office wise, Crimes of Grindelwald didn't go well and they really got to lean into Hogwarts again this time. That's going to be the big selling point here is Hogwarts. That reminds me, do we hear Hedwig's theme at any point during this trailer? Yes, at the end. Okay. Okay. So I was like, yeah, they fell back on that trap again. (laughs) So I wanted to point out that Dumbledore is in New York City. And uh, I mean, we all know the last time Dumbledore and New York City were together, some big news came out of that. But um, (laughs) you can see what appears to be, I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge in the background when Dumbledore is walking. And I'm just curious, and we see a little bit later on in the trailer, him and Credence battling with each other. Again, appears to be on the streets of New York. It's snowing out. But what would bring Dumbledore to New York? Could it be Eulalie Hicks, the Ilvermorny professor? Maybe she's in New York? One would expect that at some point an Ilvermorny professor will spend time in America um, as opposed yeah, to just think, in Hogwarts. Yeah, and Dumbledore are, uh, obviously knows her. So, and and Ilvermorny mm-hmm. is in the Northeast somewhere, right? It's not in New York, I don't yeah. think. But right, like Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. It's, maybe he's tracking Credence too, and that's what ultimately ends up bringing him there. Mm-hmm. The thing that I, I'd love to like point out again is that according to as recently as the first Fantastic Beasts movie, the reason Newt didn't take a port key or apparate to get to New York in the first place was because over great distances, like an entire ocean, you really can't do that. It's way too unpredictable. This means that you have to go on a boat like Newt did for like two weeks to get from one point to the other. Maybe Dumbledore doesn't. Maybe he just like uses his phoenix to fly him there. But for most people, even adult grown wizards, they just don't really travel a quick way between areas. Maybe this is the time difference that we're going to see in in Fantastic Beasts. Dumbledore spends five years crossing the Atlantic uh, and all of a sudden it's 1933. But yeah, I I just don't know. I want to make sure they stay consistent with, because it took Newt so long, it should take everybody that long. Certainly possible. What if he's going to visit Jacob? Tell him he's a wizard. You're a wizard, <laughs> You're a wizard Jacob. You're a wizard, Jacob. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Megan F. pointed out in the Discord that Dumbledore wants to see Cursed Child and visit the Harry Potter store, so that's why he's in New York. <laughs> you should talk to Ray Fiennes. That guy wants to reprise his role. <laughs> uh, but this also just remind me when we're talking about locations for this particular film, uh, I think it was from a Spanish review we had heard that the film was going to take us to the U.S., which obviously we're seeing scenes on the street, streets of New York, uh, the U.K., Hogwarts, Germany with with Nurmengard, uh, but also China and Bhutan. Mm. So that might be some of the, uh, what'd you say uh, in our last episode, Andrew, that uh, Newt and Pickett were doing? They were kind of like water... Uh, oh, uh, paddle boarding. They were on a paddle, paddle boarding. They're on... More, ac- more, accurately, more accurately, it's more accurately. It's like a raft, a raft. <laughs> and in that teaser, we saw him running through what looked like a forest at one point. Right. Well, at forty, at forty-one seconds in this uh, latest trailer, Newt, uh, or somebody that looks an awful lot like Newt and is carrying a briefcase, is approaching like an open area with what looks to be some kind of temple or raised platform, and you know. Th- I don't have any idea where this is. Mm. 41 seconds. You guys see that? Oh, yeah. This is a Grindelwald event, I think. 
I don't oh, know. I see. Oh, but oh, but Newt is right there though, so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Could this be a scene out in China or Yeah. Probably. Bhutan. I think the hairstyles look like they could relate. And then you wanted to revisit something at two oh two, Micah? Yeah, I want to talk more about this port key that has beasts on it. It looks like a little bit of a bell because of the tassels that it has at the bottom. I didn't notice that the first time that we were uh, recording after having seen the trailer, but I'm just open to kind of what people think about this thing. It We talked in the last episode about how the um, opening of this scene is very reminiscent kind of to the seven potters because they have all the breeze cases laid out. So you wonder exactly, is this like some sort of decoy mission that they're all going on? Um, Are they going to different parts of the world? What are they searching for? I just have a lot of questions. Yeah. And it's just, it's a very large object and it's just positioned in the center of the room requirement and nothing else is in the room. You do get the impression that this item is, is very important and a very big deal, but it's got to be more than a port key. So, yeah, we we see it transporting them, but I think it's much more important than a port key. Could this mm-hmm. be some sort of time traveling device? Yeah, but also it raises the question, can a muggle be transported mm. in this way? Yeah, because but, Newt grabs Jacob. Well, he does, but I mean... On his own. Y- yeah. Well, also, it just raises questions about, again, how... Does magic interact with non-magical people? If we are under the assumption that Jacob is indeed a muggle, how does any of this work for him? Well, he took a port key last film. Mm, true. Oh, yeah. Where did he take it from? Yeah. It was on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Okay. Jacob can do whatever the he wants. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm figuring out. It just makes me worried that certain aspects of how magic works were not fleshed out to a degree where we know for certain what works and what doesn't work. And so it makes this franchise kind of feel like anything goes in a way. So I'm I'm curious to see how this all ends up working out. <laughs> and of course, why is this item at Hogwarts? I think that's a question worth examining as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably it's a item that Dumbledore has been holding there, I guess. Um, I actually got a message from Juliana um, of Puffcast. She says that what it is, is a Tibetan prayer wheel. It looks uh, to be exactly what's in the room of requirement. Um, And as for what it does, that's another question. And what the use that our characters will have for it is another question. But the reason it looks like something either mythical or historic or religious is because it is. It might have something to do with Bhutan, getting them to Bhutan. But in that other shot, I don't know. Oh, well, okay. Because there's that shot at 140 with Theseus and Eulalie Hicks. That looks like it could be Bhutan. I don't don't know if I love all this traveling. Where's Rio, baby? (laughs) Bring back Rio. (laughs) Couldn't fit the budget. I'm a Rio truther. It's like, we got to go to Rio at some point. This is just an observation that I made at the 151 timestamp. This is when, uh, Eric, as you said, uh, Grindelwald, you know, jumps out of that pool um, with uh, 
wings from the water, right? Um, <laughs> Rise, great that, Avenger with wings Avenger. from the water. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, and he, it looks like he's attacking Credence, or or is doing something to Credence. But in the background, you see a man who has a very familiar profile, and it could just be anybody. But I I don't mind theorizing for now that it could be Graves. Graves isn't happening in this movie. Let it go. He's never coming back. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. What time? Oh, that was, was your this? Mean Girls moment right there, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Stop, Stop trying. trying to make Graves happen. <laughs> uh, one fifty-one. It looks like it could be uh, Rosier, uh, the woman. Oh, yeah. who's standing there. Could be. And, but the man. This just looks like two random people to me. I I don't. Oh, I don't know. Come I on. think so. Indulge the theory. No, it's it's not Graves. It's not Graves. First of all, the hair's not. Great the the timestamp uh, for me is showing is one forty five. In case anybody else is having the same problem I'm having, but uh, yeah, it looks like maybe Lita too. Are you looking at the right scene? I don't think you're looking at the right scene. When the puddle the, comes up and there's like a guy flying. Yeah, oh, that yeah. is at one fifty one. That's, that's one forty five uh, for me. I don't know if my player is not loading it. One fifty one for me is showing me uh, the room of requirement with the uh, prayer wheel. I'm looking at the YouTube version. All oh, my time that's, code, that's your problem. I'm are, still on the, the tweet from the Wizard. The tweet. I don't want to look at that little video. Yeah. Well, Graves isn't happening. I'm sorry, Micah. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> kind of related, though, to the prophecy reference y'all made a moment ago, I noticed that there is some Phoenix imagery that appears right behind the title card at the end of the trailer. And the substance that comprises that Phoenix imagery looks to be water. Oh. Did anyone else notice that? Oh, rising from the water. Hold on, let me play it. It does look oh, like water. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, and then making the phoenix. Interesting. Could be a hint. Mm, Could yeah. be a hint. Prophecy. We get an answer rise to the prophecy. Avenger. Yeah, exactly. From the wings from the water. These are wings Wing. made of made water. Made of water. <laughs> huh. And we said, like, the secrets don't have to be about Alvis. I think they have to be. Because you just got to, again, think of, like, the average moviegoer. And everybody, when you read the word Dumbledore, you think Albus. Most people aren't going to think about the Dumbledore family. They're thinking Albus Dumbledore. So, you know, if this was like the secrets of the Dumbledores, that would be that would be pretty, pretty exciting. Um, But they're not going to give it away that easily. Why not? It'll be less appealing if it turns out to be another Dumbledore. I think we all know the one that we're meant to think it is. Yeah, like I'm sure we're going to learn about Ariana and Aberforth. We're going to get more info there about their relationship. But I think I think there's going to be like a big secret about Albus and they'll mainly focus on his secrets. Hmm. I wonder what the big secret is. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like we already know. Oh. Maybe he cheated <laughs> on Grindelwald. Maybe that's where the conflict comes up. I don't see that <laughs> happening, but who knows? All right, so we got a lot of feedback, right, Micah? And it was very focused on uh, Jacob. Everybody was very surprised by that. Yeah, I think uh, no surprise, though, that we got most of our feedback on Jacob, given that he's wielding a wand and pretending to be a wizard, or maybe he is a wizard. But uh, the first email came from James, who said, hey, MuggleCast, obviously, Jacob being given what looks like a wand was a huge moment in the trailer. It's worrisome because Jacob is definitely a muggle. He's in his 30s and has already fought in a world war, encountered Grindelwald multiple times, 
So if he had any magic, it definitely would have come out. Muggles absolutely cannot do magic with wands. It would completely shatter the series' whole idea of magic as a rare gift that only a few people have. Fortunately, I don't think the thing that Newt gives Jacob is an ordinary wand. I say that because of the throwaway scene at the end of the trailer when Jacob is talking to the three Hogwarts girls. They ask if they can see the wand, and Jacob says something like, no, very dangerous, mess you up. (laughs) Jacob has been with wizards for a while now, so he knows they all carry wands. Why would he say the thing he was holding is, quote, very dangerous if it's just a wand like everyone else already has? To me, Jacob's wand must be some kind of enchanted object, probably set up by Dumbledore that Jacob knows can only do one very dangerous thing. That's still a gray magical area, but fortunately for canon, it doesn't seem like Jacob is suddenly going to turn into a wizard. Mm. Love the show. Keep it going. Totally agree, James. Thank you for that. Thank you for backing me up. All right. Next one comes from Corey. Corey says, I've been a huge fan of yours for a year now, and I would like to share some of my own theories in regards to Jacob and his new wand in the Secrets of Dumbledore movie. One, Jacob is an actual wizard, but he was expelled from Ilvermorny, just like how Newt was expelled from Hogwarts. Two, Jacob is a muggle-born, but his parents didn't let him attend Ilvermorny. Perhaps they were against magic. And three, the amount of magic in Jacob's blood was perhaps too low for Ilvermorny, but just enough for Dumbledore to see potential in Jacob. The third point is cute. I like that. Yeah. That's why Dumbledore is coming to New York. Hey, that (laughs) darn school up north ain't going to accept you, but I will. Come on in, buddy. And I mean, you know, we could, if we wanted to really stretch here, I know, Andrew, some of our fellow Potter podcasters, I think, clued you into maybe it's a crackpot theory about Jacob having some kind of relation to Hepzibah Smith as a result of his surname. Right, right. But then the other question is, like, what propels Jacob to fight with them anyway? Like, why would he want to when it's very dangerous for non-wizards, for a well, nomad like him? I feel like if the ones you love are fighting, like, he wants to come with it on the roof at the end of the first movie and Queenie won't let him and she sticks him with the case. Yeah. Um, without Queenie there on his side, he probably would get into the fight. Um, you know, he's been to war. He may seem cuddly and cute, but... He's survived and was a soldier for uh, the American side during presumably World War One. So, you know, I think he's capable of battle. I think he's easily outmatched by a wizard just on the count of magic, which makes me nervous. But yeah, I think that he definitely would want to fight to save his friends. And to get, you know, try to save Queenie in particular. Yeah, yeah. And I think by virtue of him having fought in World War One. He's very well attuned to the dangers of, you know, a charismatic leader that is trying to push a particular agenda against a certain group of people. He saw right through Grindelwald's speech at the end of the second movie. We even Mm. see him say to Queenie, yeah, we don't want to be together like this. This isn't how we do it. So I think that his morals would lead him to wanting to contribute to this fight in some way. Right. The only thing that I can think of that may favor what Corey is talking about is if we look at the first two films, they both ended with people being revealed to not be who they actually are. Wow. That's been a theme that has run through these films with, Mm. you know, Graves turning into Grindelwald, 
Credence being told he's a Dumbledore. Well, maybe Jacob is actually a wizard after all. Love it. But I, I just don't think they have the time to do that, to be honest. Mm. I, I feel like if this could have been a running kind of plot th- since movie one, maybe. But I just don't feel like they have the time to reveal Jacob to be a wizard. I just think it's too much. Yeah, as we pivot towards the middle of a series, and if you look at other five film series or like where story-wise the storytelling is supposed to be at by now, it's, I think, a little late to cleverly change something like the fundamentals of who we think one of the main heroes are. Doesn't mean they wouldn't do it, though. I mean, it definitely would give me Finn in Star Wars vibes where they like low-key imply that he has the force at mm. the end of the series was that was that, that he's had it the whole time was that the rise of skywalker that did that it was whatever the most the third one was yeah yeah so yeah. i don't really consider that <laughs> but you're right Ooh. they they try yeah. to do it um yeah i mean i think maybe after the mess that was crimes of grindelwald people want a mulligan and they're going to be like pretending this is like the second movie so not doing the things that they should be doing by now Maybe they're still introducing who these characters that we thought we've known really are. Maybe. The next email comes from Leia, who says, I'm just listening to your FB3 trailer reaction podcast, and I wanted to share my thoughts about Wizard Jacob. Sensing a recurring topic here. Perhaps the American way of registering people with wizarding blood is different from that in the UK. The magic quill. After all, American infrastructure is not that great. Furthermore, maybe Jacob does have some trace magic in him. Maybe that's part of the reason why he remembers Fantastic Beasts 1. Just a couple of thoughts I had while watching the trailer and listening to your episode. And just because we mentioned this on our trailer react episode, and Andrew, I thought you brought up a great point about the parcel tongue thing. Um, Here is a pet peeve of Leia's. She says, a pet peeve. I'm actually okay with Ron speaking parcel tongue in Deathly Hallows. You don't need to know slash understand a language to be able to utter words from it. And for those words to still have meaning, is it a cop-out? Absolutely. Does it still make sense within the wizarding world and the actual world? Also, yes. Love the show. Keep up the great work, Leia. Okay. Also, uh, maybe Leah, by the way. Leah, Leia. Fair theories. Fair theories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just fear we're spending so much time on this, and it's just going to be such a quick thing. Like, yeah, okay, you're not actually a wizard, but I'm giving you this toy wand, and you can just flick it around, and it might it's like... It's like a total fake-out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're... we're... <laughs> <laughs> we might be spending too well, much Well, in that case, Warner Brothers this. got what they wanted. This was the moment every, they wanted everyone to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Well, anyway, good, Laura. <laughs> I was going to say, we're all going to get up in the theater and just leave if this is how it turns out in we the movie. We spent so much time on this. <laughs> well, speaking of that, this is from Jacob. Oh, maybe. Okay, he's writing in with an answer. Mm-hmm. I have a theory about the wand Dumbledore gives to Jacob via Newt that, if true, could alleviate some of the concerns that canon being violated. Perhaps the wand would be similar to the items Dumbledore gifted to the trio in his will in that there is a hidden aspect to it. Maybe Jacob will receive the wand and while he's excited to have it, be unable to actually use it. Everyone will assume it was just a friendly gesture on Dumbledore's part. But perhaps in a time of need, something about the wand will be able to help Jacob, even if he's not able to wield it in the traditional sense. This would be reminiscent of the way the snitch and illuminator also gifts from Dumbledore helped Harry and Ron in unexpected ways. I know the trailer appears to show Jacob wielding the wand, but perhaps this is just it being activated in his time of need. I like that. I like that. And I think we kind of got at that earlier too, right? With the sword of Gryffindor. So yeah, I like this whole time of need kind of aspect. I think that we are all capable of doing things that we didn't know we could do when we really need to. This is Dumbledore's secret. 
this is what we're going to learn. <laughs> Do we think they're going to let Jacob put on the sorting hat when he goes to Hogwarts? They're oh like, my- oh, oh, you, that'd be you want to get sorted? No, the American guy moment. cannot get sorted into Hogwarts house before he gets sorted at Ilvermorny. I'm putting uh, my foot down on this. Uh, I, I can back uh, you up on that. Uh, I think Jacob would be a Hufflepuff. I think he and Newt would be Hufflepuff besties. Yeah. And then Jacob's going to die. Anyway, Micah, you're, oh. you're next. <laughs> on that note, uh, this comes from Megan, who says, so when I first watched the trailer, I was definitely confused about Jacob having a wand. The more I thought about it, I came up with a theory. Given that Grindelwald's entire motive is to rise up against the muggles, people with magic are superior, blah, blah, blah. It would be dangerous for Jacob to be running around with a bunch of wizards, possibly exposing that he's not one. What if Dumbledore gave him a wand just as a prop, Fisher Price, to make it look like he's a wizard? To help him blend in, so to speak, it would be just for protection, not actually able to produce magic. We know that trailers can be manipulative and scenes are taken out of context. What we see isn't always what we get in the final movie. So maybe that scene with Jacob where it looks like he's using magic is just a trick. He's probably not doing anything at all, or maybe... He has a moment where he wants to try and see if it works, but obviously nothing happens. Or someone else cast a spell at the same time, so it looks like he did. Who knows? Just my current thoughts. Megan. Yeah, I like it. I, I like the idea that uh, Jacob receives it just to blend in primarily. That makes I, sense I do and doesn't break any canon. <laughs> yeah. It, there has to be something about it, though. I, I, I just don't think it can be a decoy. Like there has to be some protection that Dumbledore enchanted the wand with so that it doesn't put Jacob at that level of risk. Right. Mm. Go out and fight with them. And here's a useless wand. That doesn't sound like something Dumbledore would do. So I mean, you might as well use, like I said, a baguette or maybe, you know, a muffin or, <laughs> or maybe the wand puts up an orb around him anytime a spell comes his way. Maybe. 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 No, that sounds too good to be well, true. Well, looking at this scene again from 136 on the Twitter trailer, I think we now have to specify. Oh, boy. Um, the the room is swirling. There's definitely magic happening when Jacob is wielding the wand, like you said, with two hands. But it doesn't look like any magic is coming from the wand. Magic is happening, but there's no spell. There's no light. There's no anything. I think it's probably pandemonium. When Jacob, Jacob actually looks like he's the guy holding the umbrella from Crimes of Grindelwald just trying to stay upright. And not get blown away by the wind right now. That's kind of the impression I get. That's not a spell casting pose. Um, right. Yeah. IMO. Not to mention he's holding holding it with two hands, like I mentioned. That's just amateur. Yeah. Like a broadsword. Yeah. All right. Our next email comes from Alex. Alex says the blood pact in some weird Steve Clovis rewritten way will be destroyed by the death of Credence. <laughs> this is a wild theory. As it stands, Grindelwald and Dumbledore are two very powerful but different wizards and Credence is possibly Dumbledore's brother. This goes back to the rumor that the film will end in a way that would be deemed a satisfactory conclusion if there was no fourth film. Mm. And Alex included a questionable source for us to uh, reference here. Maybe we can include this in the show notes. Uh, And then he goes on to say the destruction of the blood pact and the defeat of Grindelwald's political and war goals would be a decent wrap up. Grindelwald on the run. Film four could then be greenlit, maybe as a sole Dumbledore Grindelwald movie with the appearance from the Fantastic Beasts group. Anyway, Wild Theory, I know this is from Alex, who is forever crushing on Eric's skull. Oh, wow. (laughs) From across the Atlantic Sea. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Eric, (laughs) any comment? 
Uh, thank you, Alex. And if you're from Manchester, I love a good Manchester accent. So please send us a voicemail. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Next time you message us, make it a voicemail. Thank you very much. Wow. Um, Wonderful. But uh, I am taken at the moment. So. Oh, that's darn. So. That's, yeah. that's but, but thank you. I No, I appreciate it. Have you that. been to Manchester? I hmm? No, you have, though. I have. Uh, been to Manchester. Weren't the accents just mesmerizing? Of course. Alex yeah. will email you if he's ever single again. So about this article, it actually, I'm looking at it now, stealthoptional.com, which is probably some trash site, but I'm noticed they're linking to <laughs> a site. I'm not even going to say out loud because this site is notorious for spreading fake news oh. just to get clicks. So Fox. I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, but we ourselves gonna... <laughs> have speculated that they may need to do a more definitive ending than you traditionally do yeah. in the middle of a known series. Right. Yeah. So I generally I do like this theory that the blood pact will be destroyed just so there can be some sort of ending by the end of this in case they can't go to movies four and five. Um, right. Like uh, like the way that Half Blood Prince ends with the destruction of a Horcrux in the locket, although we later find out it's not the locket. But, you know, like we've gotten most of the way there. We've proven how Voldemort is vulnerable. And that's how mo- book six and movie six ends, even though it's not Voldemort is t- entirely mortal. You know, the blood pack could be destroyed, but you could still have story to tell in the later films. Well, thank you, Alex. And Alex sent that in at the last moment. He was like, are you, have you guys recorded yet? I got to get my email in. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, get it in real quick. And it worked since uh, all the other emails were about Jacob. And awesome. thanks everybody. I think, I think mm-hmm. Alex was just shooting his shot, you know? Yeah. I think that was a big part of it. Good. You know what, Alex? I admire it. I do too. Happy holidays. (laughs) More holiday fun to be had today, but first, time for a word from this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. The holidays can be a tough time for a variety of reasons, and taking care of your mental health is one of the most important things you can do for yourself. So if you think there's something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, check out BetterHelp. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp lets you easily and quickly get started with therapy from wherever you are right now, and you can do it via voice, video, or text chat. Within 48 hours from right now, you can start speaking with a therapist, and the service is available for clients around the world. Once you get started, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. It's way more convenient because it saves you those recurring trips to the therapist's office. And financial aid is available. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. I want you to try BetterHelp, and we have a special offer for MuggleCast listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com MuggleCast. Visit BetterHelp.com MuggleCast. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, get 10% off at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash M-U-G-G-L-E-C-A-S-T today. And thank you to all of this year's sponsors and to you, the listener, for using these sponsors. By using these promo codes and URLs that we give you during the ads, you're really helping us out. So thank you very much. So before we wrap up today's episode, I thought we could do a kind of a year in review and a look ahead. First of all, thank you to one of our longtime listeners, Justin, for pointing out a few days ago. We've now released more episodes of the main show since our show was quote unquote canceled back on episode 269 than the whole first run of MuggleCast. 
remember we can for for newer listeners we canceled the show ourselves we didn't get canceled by like the woke mob on twitter we canceled the show ourselves because we said some horrible things no because we were just ready to end the show and kind of move on and um we ended the show and then like two weeks later the fantastic beast film series was announced and then we started doing episodes again every once in a while. And then the we started. The Child came out. Yeah, just like the fandom kind of woke up again. And then we launched our Patreon to help us spend more time on the show and raise funding for the show. And now we're weekly again. So, Justin, that, that was a great observation. It's crazy to think that we've now done more episodes in the <laughs> the new era of MuggleCast. I don't know if we want to come so up with a So season two is over. And now we're starting season three of MuggleCast. But back to the year in review, the year actually started with Hogwarts Legacy being pushed to 2022. That was that video game. And I still mm-hmm. remember, Eric, you saying, well, let's just jump to 2022 because there's nothing happening in 2021. That's right. Oh, darn. Don't you just hate it when you get what you wish for? I feel like this last year has gone by like nothing. Yeah. I mean, you were right. We, we uh, Things are happening now, but... Things only started happening really within the past couple of weeks. Of course, the trailer for Fantastic Beasts. We almost had a trailer for the reunion special. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, we got the title for the third movie as well. But yeah, the mo- the the year kind of started off on a on a sad foot, but got better by the end, at least in terms of stuff we were looking forward to. Yeah. Of course, over the course of the year, we did a variety of character discussions and really fun one-off discussions. It's been really fun uh, doing all these one-off discussions and you know, taking a break from chapter by chapter. And we also interviewed a bunch of people and we just had a great year being a resource for Harry Potter fans. And then there was some smaller news. I still hate talking about this, but the flagship Harry Potter store opened and Micah and Eric went. It was so exciting. (laughs) Hey, listen, we bought you a sweatshirt, so I don't want to hear it. Which you wore the other day, by the way. Everyone, he has put on the sweater. It has only been eight months, but he did it. And we got Laura a journal, right? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Y'all got me a journal. I bet you she's used that journal more than you've worn that sweatshirt, Andrew. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely haven't. It's very so it's a it's a Mina Lima um, Ooh, nice. journal. One of the it's, books, right? Was it advanced yeah. potion making or the Dumbledore one? Uh I would need to go look at it. I put it on my bookshelf wow. to keep it. Well, no, I put it on my bookshelf to keep it in good condition because it's really beautiful and I didn't want to be like spilling coffee or anything else on it. What a save. Um, yeah, it's, that's why I haven't worn my sweater. Well, no, it's, it's, a ni- <laughs> it's a nice decorative piece. If I want to yeah. destroy mm-hmm. something and write all over it, I'll go to Barnes and Noble and get like an $8 journal or something. And write in it after you buy it, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. We do not advocate so that, for writing in books uh, unless you're you signing your autograph to Ivana Lynch's biography. That's okay. We talked about that. <laughs> so, she approved. So next time, Eric, expired chocolate frogs. Will uh, be for everybody. I think yes. that's a fun yeah. collector's item. Oh, I should have added this to the year in review. I finally got my vibrating broomstick. That's uh, right. That was the highlight of my <laughs> and year. And you did a product review on Patreon, which I just love. How is it? Oh, it's great. Is it still uh, in one piece? <laughs> It's still in one piece. Um, Wizards Unite, the game, uh, announced that they are closing. They're closing at the end of January or February of this upcoming year. And uh, we talked about that. And, of course, this was shocking news. Cursed Child 
in North America merged from two parts into one. The, re- the reviews, by the way, have been good. So, you know. It still doesn't feel real to me. That is so nuts. Yeah. So what do we have to look forward to in 2022? Obviously, Fantastic Beasts 3, Hogwarts Hopefully, Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there if is that a chance. that was being pushed to 2022 and now it's going to be 2022, I want it. It is common for games to get delayed, so I wouldn't be shocked if it happened again. But yeah, hopefully it will actually come out this year. And I'm glad they delayed it. We we don't want them to rush the game. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Cyberpunk, which definitely, you know, while amazing, actually, the story is very gripping. It should have been delayed because it is still very glitchy. You can tell the game wasn't ready when they were forced to put it out. Um, so definitely advocate for waiting until the game is ready to do it. Um, but actually, Andrew, I thought it was brilliant. You mentioned that that was going to show a late blooming wizard returning to Hogwarts as part of the plot. And so this whole Jacob discussion works really well hand in hand with maybe they're introducing that concept via a video game around the same time as it comes into the movie. (laughs) Get ready, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was part of the leaks of the Hogwarts Unite Hogwarts Legacy game. Mm. Um, I think I hopefully that's still the case, because I think that's a pretty interesting premise. We'll just have to wait and see. And um, presumably the Order of the Phoenix Illustrated Edition by Jim Kay is going to be coming out at part one. That And, <laughs> and <laughs> here's another prediction for the year. Eric's going to be massively disappointed when it's a single book. <laughs> a single million page coffee table book. It's going to be 3000 tons. It, sh- mm-hmm. it should be out in the fall. Yeah. It also be interesting to see if they look to continue the trivia show in any way based on if it's successful we know that the finale is coming up uh we're obviously recording on a thursday so it will have aired by the time this is out but uh it's it seems like it's done fairly well i don't know that we'll get ratings from it but we have oh we have yeah it has been doing very well actually for tbs but that's tbs the like no offense but the bar is pretty low because it's tbs you know so right. but yeah, it's been it's for tbs it's wonderful they've been getting great ratings <laughs> i i wouldn't be shocked if that got another season and then I had, finally i hadn't considered the idea that it wasn't a one-off but that makes perfect sense and it seems to be well produced the way that they did everything mm-hmm. you know shot over success it's probably things. yeah i was gonna ask like it was probably filmed in one sitting no i think three different nights Oh, wow. Okay. Based on we have we have a couple people who went in person and it was a couple different filmings, I think. And then, of course, in the new year, you can expect more, more us, more Bugglecast. That's more what I'm Quizzage most looking Live. forward to in 2022. Just getting together over on Zoom, chatting with you guys, maybe an in-person hangout where I social distance. because Yeah, where you cool. don't touch us. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Um, but it would just be great to be in the same room as you all again. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe okay. we can find an event that we can all get together for. The release of Order of the Phoenix Illustrated Edition Part 1. Thank you. <laughs> the return of Potter conventions, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe, maybe we just go to a plexiglass convention where they have borders and barriers and we go hang out. Just like roll around in a hamster wheel. I would do that. Oh, that sounds fun. Awesome. So yeah, and who knows, maybe there'll be some more surprises for better or for worse in 2022. I I think one theme of 2021 is we got some negative surprises for sure in a variety of different ways. And maybe that'll happen again in 2022. We'll just have to see. But thank you, everybody, so much for sticking with us another year. We've uh, said before, and I'll say it again, one of the greatest honors of our lives, I'll just speak for everybody, is, uh, you know, doing this podcast and being your Harry Potter friends. That's why the show has always been successful. 
people are looking to geek out on Harry Potter with fellow fans. And that's what we're here to do every week. Well said. Here, here. If you have any feedback about today's discussion, you can contact us by writing or sending a voice message to mugglecast at gmail.com. For the voice messages, just record a message using the voice memo app on your phone. You can also use the contact form on mugglecast.com, or you can leave a voicemail on our phone. The number is 19203-MUGGLE. That's 19203684453. Before we get to Quizitch, we have a new bonus MuggleCast coming up this week. Eric, what are we talking about on our Patreon in bonus MuggleCast? So, Andrew, we've been toying with the idea of doing adult content on our Patreon because we are, of course, more adults now than we were when we started this thing. Uh, That said, our forays into doing such a thing have been trepidatious. Until now, we are going to be talking about the year-end Hogwarts holiday staff party, the party that the staff throws after most of the kids go home for the season. What happens? Who hooks up with who? Who brings the wine? Uh, who finishes the wine, all of that on Bonus MuggleCast. Yeah, that'll be fine. We're going to try to do more of those in the year ahead as well. More adult-themed editions. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, And for we'll... those who are just joining our Patreon uh, in the recent months, check out our Harry Potter Pickup Lines adult version to complement the episode that we did a couple months ago where we did the tame pickup lines on the main show. Yeah. And parents, we will put a warning on those in case you're concerned we uh, are going <laughs> to, uh, you know, throw any surprises on you. Well, we'll put warnings on this so you can listen with headphones or something. It's time now for Quizitch. All right. Last week's question. What day of the year does Professor McGonagall say she wouldn't be surprised if it were known as Harry Potter Day in the future? Got to say, we actually had over 50 submissions this week for Quizich, and only 11 people got it right. This was possibly statistically the hardest question we've ever asked on Quizich. Wow. So, that's worth noting. It takes a couple of moving pieces. Essentially, this is the day after Harry's parents die, saving him. It's the day that McGonagall is sitting on the roof outside the Dursleys, and her direct quote is I wouldn't be surprised if today, was known as Harry Potter Day in the future. She says that to Dumbledore. That means that the date is November the 1st, specifically of 1981. But November the 1st was the correct answer, and correct answers were submitted to us by the fluffiest Pygmy Puff, Bort Voldemort, Pig the Owl, Holly Beamer, Neha, a lost packet of Drupal's best blowing gum, Mad-Eye's Magical Eye, Ginny the Ivana Lynch, a.k.a. Stan something, a.k.a. Laura's biggest fan, Fred's left buttock, Booba Tuber Puss, and Gretaletta. Congrats, everybody, our eagle-eyed listeners. Next week's Quizich question. What is the street address for Weasley's Wizard Wheezes in the Harry Potter books? Not in Florida, in the Harry Potter books. And definitely submit that to us over on the Quizich form on MuggleCast.com on the website. Go click Quizich from the main menu or go to MuggleCast.com slash Quizich. Spotify users, Spotify recently added ratings to their app. So now you can rate 
MuggleCast, and any other podcasts you listen to through the Spotify app. We would love if you went to our show on Spotify and left us a little review. It's just a star review. It's not a written review, so it should just take you a second. So load up that Spotify app, look at our show within Spotify, and you should see a place to review us. And thank you very much. We really appreciate you leaving a review because it helps us be discovered by new listeners. And again, our Patreon is at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. That's where you can get our reactions quickest to the upcoming reunion special on January 2nd, and where you can get many other benefits, including bonus MuggleCast, ad-free MuggleCast, our planning docs, all of our live streams, etc., etc. And we will have a couple of new benefits coming in 2022. We'll talk more about those next month. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, again for being with us for another year. We love you all. It's such a pleasure to do the show. And thank you for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Happy New Year. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year, y'all. Death to Jacob Kowalski. No. Happy New Year. <laughs>